Before we get started on this week's episode, episode 21, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's been continuing supporting us, downloading the podcast, checking us out on all the platforms. It's been super awesome uh, for us to be able to do this. This episode was cursed with a bunch of technical difficulties. I can't talk David into moving into my basement for the sole fact of recording this podcast. Uh, maybe in the future we we can talk him into that. So sit back, relax, enjoy what we've cut up, done. We've got a new beer. We've got a new bourbon. Same two guys. Enjoy. David McKinney. Yeah, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to be in your arms this weekend. Yeah, maybe we should clear clear that up from the beginning. It's no, been it's... a uh Yeah. <laughs> we 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 actually don't like each other anymore and well, there's a restraining order. So, we're not ever going to see each other again. We have to socially distance. Yeah. Even though you were in the fine commonwealth uh for a little backstory, we released these on Mondays. Last week, we recorded, we released on Monday, and then we recorded on Tuesday. Yeah. And then released on Monday, and now we were supposed to get together, but here it is. Sunday, this will be released first thing in the morning, so yeah, it's a weird, weird timetable here at the old Beers and Beards podcast. <laughs> it's been like almost two weeks since we've actually talked, so it's been, yeah, really weird. Yeah. Um. I was like kind of so lots to go over, but then we, we, the funny thing, you know, again, more inside baseball, not that, not that it really matters, but we'll be recording again on Tuesday, this upcoming week. So we'll be together in like two days. We have a, a special That's episode right. for you next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, we're excited. We're really excited about it, but yeah, a lot of stuff to go through. I mean, I feel like I've lived three lifetimes since I last talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've not really done anything uh, differently. Yeah, I went to um, two weddings mm-hmm. in two different. Now, cities. something we share in common when it comes to weddings. What is that? Uh, I don't know. Our wedding date. We're criers. Oh yeah. No, I've never taken Angie. To I'm a very, I've been yeah. to Angie's wedding. Like I am the guy at a funeral who cracks jokes. Tries to lighten the mood, all that, but I get very, I don't know what it is about weddings. They just get me. I know. Especially like when, the, you know, when, when they start saying the vows and stuff, like my, my brother-in-law who was in my wedding, um, got married. Uh, his now wife was also in our wedding and they actually wrote their own vows. And I don't know if I would have been able to do that. Um, Angie and I like physically, wrote down our, our own vows to each other. Like we did kind of generic ones at our wedding, but we wrote down, you know, cause that was, I think the only way I would have been able to do it. And then we shared them on, um, on our honeymoon. 
Um, so we did a little bit different, but yeah, they wrote. Their so you own, shared uh, them with each other on your honeymoon. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they wrote down their own vows, and both both uh, brides, both you know, beautiful weddings, beautiful brides. The most, the funniest thing I think for both weddings, both brides had pockets in their wedding dresses. That's where you put snacks at. I know. <laughs> I know. It was pretty awesome. Duh. Pretty ingenious. <laughs> but uh, congrats I mean, that, to the, uh, is the, yeah. Is that not the real Congrat- reason? I mean, you put that's why I, I would have pockets. Well, uh, MZ when they wrote their own vows, they had like vow books that that they wrote them in, and she put that's where she stashed her vow book. But uh, uh, Ellen, um, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what she used hers for. I think for for tissues for for crying because, yeah, as you mentioned, criers. But uh, congrats to Joe and MZ and Ellen and Tyler. Um, both were were beautiful weddings, um, and both were very small weddings. Like the two smallest weddings I've been to, um, I think Joe and MZ had a total of like fifteen people, um, but they had like a huge uh, Zoom uh, uh, streaming of the. Um, ceremony which was awesome um and then ellen on live sportscaster.com yeah yeah it was on uh bluegrassweddings.com <laughs> there you go start but uh yeah and then uh ellen and tyler i think had like 25 or 30 and that one was in louisville so yeah we were supposed to get together and record uh on on friday which was the day of the wedding we we're gonna get together earlier in the day and record and with all the you know uh turmoil that was upheaval yeah in louisville it was it was definitely a weird time to be there um and this was a wedding that had been pushed back from april originally and i you know it's like 2020 man can't uh i don't know this is a crazy year man it's been i was 22 when i got married and i'll be 40 this weekend that's crazy so 18 years. Mm-hmm. So this is our 21st episode. So our, we're now officially legal and it was going to be coming of age, big celebration. And then we have like a special episode next week. And then I think the week after that will be our birthday episode. So we got to maybe do something special for that. And, uh, cause my birthday is in October is, as well. Is, um, Angie still super against us just getting trashed and doing a podcast. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to ask her, but that would be fun. We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> we could live stream it on Facebook. Like it would, I just feel like it would be for the memes. It would be great. Yeah. And it might be the last podcast that we do. So. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be canceled. Yeah. Uh, listen, Spotify, their employees are all up in arms. They want Joe Rogan off the, off the network. I mean, there is nothing more family friendly than beers and beards i'm telling you i we will shill for that money all right what you want to talk about anything (laughs) i mean not we won't talk about politics or drugs or nothing yeah i feel like we talk a lot about joe rogan but man it's like the the uh, the the marriage with spotify has gotten off to a very rocky start i think he's had to issue at least one public apology and it's and I just think like, man, in, in this day and age, it's so, you know, so different because I'm like, I'm a big fan of, you know, the kind of that genre, like the Howard Stern, you know, the shock jock stuff that 
because it's entertainment. And I think, you know, people a lot of times look at it as, you know, it definitely is not good for, you know, kids or teenagers or, you know, whatever. I started listening to Howard Stern when I think I was in eighth grade, but you know, I understand for kids, but that's a, you know, the parent's job to make sure that you're not watching or listening to Howard Stern or listening, watching, you know, whatever you're not supposed to be watching. It's not the government's job to, to do that, but uh, not to get too political, but it just is so interesting to see, you know, on a streaming service now. And the reason why Joe Rogan is popular is because he is, you know, he'll go out and he'll say, you know, kind of outrageous things. He has some, some differing opinions and already within like what one or two episodes on Spotify, he had to go out and issue a, a public apology because it was, he had factually incorrect information is, is the reason why. I think for people that have done it the way that we've done our podcast throughout the years, we literally have nobody to answer to. Like the only person I would be afraid of having to answer to would be my mom when she listens. Yeah. Like having to explain something or offend. But other than that, that's kind of the beauty of this art form is we like, nobody's paying us. Nobody can say, Hey, you know what? You know, there's no corporate business that's limiting our freedoms to say whatever it may be. Yeah. Now, granted we talk about beer, bourbon and bullshit. So <laughs> it's not like we're getting, yeah. Well, and the, the, you know, as a lot of people know, we kind of came from the MMA realm and, you know, even that was a little bit different because you're dealing with professional fighters. And, and sometimes if you say, if you say the wrong thing about the wrong guy, uh, you know, that might be a little, um, a little on the, the, let's say not uh, mentally stable side or, um, you know, people I've done commentary and, you know, called fights for, for guys that ended up winning or, you know, and they got mad at me or guys that got their asses kicked and they, they thought that I, you know, I was being, you know, they thought that I, I should have, I guess, talked that, talked them up a little bit more as they were getting, uh, pounded into the ground, destroyed, but, yeah, destroyed. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's been interesting, and you know, I see MMA is starting to come back. Uh, local MMA. Um, mm-hmm. I know there was a show out in Iowa uh, with some fighters that um, you know we had kind of followed. Um, and uh, my Douglas got the win. Yeah, which I'm not gonna lie. That's I, name. I, yeah, I thought that he was done fighting because <laughs> he's been successful outside of fighting. Like he had. He and his father, I think, opened up like a pizza joint that um, was super successful and they ended up selling it within like six months or a year of opening it. Um, he's got a lot going going for him outside of fighting. And, and to be honest with you, he was a guy that I, you know, I was, you know, I, I thought might have been, um, you know, happy just kind of, you know, going, you know, riding off into the sunset. But, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to stay away from uh, from the sport, right? Always got one more left in you, no matter what it is that you That's do. That's right. But uh, you know, I you, tell me about your experience with Scotch. Now, this is something I've only had one experience with Scotch. But now, I think you you did this on purpose, right? Yes. So, uh, my brother in law Joe, uh, we had uh, you know the wedding, and all the guys got together. Um, absolutely beautiful day. You know, I was like, hey, I'll bring. You know, we had some good beer. I had some pappy, um, we had some cigars, 
And Joe's now new brother-in-law on his wife's side is a big scotch drinker. And so he broke out, you know, his favorite scotch. And mm. I never heard of this before, <laughs> but I guess it's like a pretty good, pretty special bottle. Uh, it's Ugadal Scotch, uh, U-I-G-E-A-D-A-I-L. Ugadal is how you pronounce it. But it's Islay Single Malt Scotch Whiskey non-chill filtered and the tasting notes say treacle bacon bonfires now i don't know what treacle is no i don't know treacle i don't i don't know what treacle is but uh it was super smoky um but uh it's just gross it was not something that i really enjoyed compared to you know being becoming more and more of a bourbon guy um but treacle is a thick, sticky, dark syrup made from partly refined sugar or molasses, which they could have just said molasses. But uh, yeah, so it was a, you know, and I don't know if every scotch is, is smoky. This one was very, very smoky. But, you know, I'm, I'm drinking it while I'm smoking a cigar, which made it probably even even worse on the palate. But from that experience and, it, it, you know, you could tell that it was like high quality, you know, well aged. Um, it just wasn't something that. You know, it, it, I had I got like kind of like a leathery taste from it, which I did not enjoy. Um, but we broke we also broke out the pappy and uh, um, my probably the best bourbon that I've had. Um, one of the bottles is a uh, limestone branch uh, uh, single barrel, which I need. It's it's going fast. So I need to get some to you before uh, before it's completely gone. But uh, so I had that as well. Um some some fantastic cigars but yeah it was you know my first well not my first scotch experience but um one of my my first in a long time especially since recently trying bourbon and and i was not a fan um of the scotch but i did want to give a shout out to um there is a place in dayton um that makes specialty um like cocktails and mm-hmm. they have like it's like like a bottled cocktail like a pre-bottled cocktail um we had a couple of different ones the, this one the one that we had was called teenagers for first cigarette which was uh smoky herbal hints of vanilla um and um eucalyptus and this was fantastic um I think that I'm not that, even sure what that it was. doesn't even make sense to me it was what great. all those mixtures taste like yeah. Um, Did it taste like cough syrup or cough drop with the eucalyptus? A little bit, um, but it was delicious. Um, and I don't know if that's like a, a See, regular cocktail. I don't cocktail. know that I fully trust your taste buds. <laughs> See, I don't know if that's like a regular cocktail. I've never heard of that before. But um, yeah, it was. The it name intrigues me right off the jump. Yeah. And I'm not even, I don't even remember what kind of liquor it was to be honest with you but i took a picture of it but i only took a picture of the front of it um and it doesn't say what it was so i'll have to get Hmm. back to you on that but the place that they got it from and i want to give these people well and i can't even remember what it's called so we'll get back to that (laughs) but (laughs) it, it uh um definitely is a a cool idea where they sell like their own bot it's like a new place they sell their own um like bottled 
pre-mixed cocktails and uh they were really good so and i wanted to give them a shout out but i don't have the name of the place but you forgot yeah so yeah. we'll, we'll get back you're to you prepared. guys but you're, you're the one that's usually prepared not me i know <clears throat> i usually am but uh it's hard to be prepared when you got uh got so much going on <laughs> and uh do you think like scotch for instance that's a thing i feel like is a it's not something that you drink to get drunk. Like that's uh something you break out, you have a glass of and you go off to a business meeting or something like yeah. that. You or spe- I mean? yeah, special occasions, stuff like that. Like like the uh, Where bourbon is yeah. a shareable, I want the whole room I, like I want this whole bottle gone, pass it around the room, get it done, enjoy it. And that's not a knock on scotch. I just don't feel like scotch is built for that. It's de- I don't think it's built for like drinking multiple drinks of of it. Um which bourbon obviously is. And uh, we had on the show, you know, at the, the second wedding that I went to, I was in bourbon country. I was in Louisville and they had, mm-hmm. they had bourbon at our hotel. They had bourbon at the breweries I went to. Um, you know, it's definitely bourbon town. We went, to special a, bourbon? we went to an Irish bar. They had a great bourbon selection. They also had a great uh, Irish whiskey selection too. But uh, I was, in, I'm more again in the bourbon. Um, so I had, uh, actually at the Irish bar, uh, old Forester 86, which you had a couple of weeks ago on the show. And I think That's you right. said it was in your top five. Um, definitely would be it, close to my, my top five too of, of bourbons that I've had. Um, I got like a lot. Like, of like, I can't put my finger on what's special about it. It's just bourbon, right? Like it's just good bourbon. Yeah. I got a lot of um like different flavors than what i'd gotten in other bourbons like i got like a caramel like toffee type flavor which i think you had mentioned you got definitely got some vanilla um but it was just fantastic like it's i think you said that's like what like a 20 or 25 dollar bottle and yeah it's like 20 bucks yeah um that's one that i would definitely have Ooh. as like i want this on a regular basis um but yeah, that, so I had that. And then the other thing I had for the first time was a Sazerac. So Ooh. I don't know if you ever had a Sazerac before. So did you have like the drink Sazerac? Yes. Or did you the have cocktail. Like a Sazerac branded? Yeah. The cocktail. Yeah, I've not had that now. So it's a old new Orleans thing. Um, that is, you know, uh, everyone else there was drinking Manhattans and the, the bartender said, Hey, I make a great Sazerac. Cause I was talking to him about how much, I love rye whiskey and I love rye forward bourbons and stuff like that. So he said, um, I don't think that they had any um, rye whiskey. They didn't have like the Sazerac rye, uh, which I actually have, but uh, which I should have brought with me. I could have said here, put this in there. But uh, so that it's uh, rye whiskey, which I think he used um, the old Forester one sugar cube and Peshad's bitters, which is like, not like a orangey type bitter. Um, it's more like a like a sweet bitter, I think. So you mi- you mix the sugar cube and the bitters together, um, and then the glass is rimmed with absinthe, mm. and they pour the absinthe back out. So you get like that that like black licorice anise yeah. uh, flavor <clears throat> from from the uh, absinthe, but you don't get like the 
you know, feel like it's burning a hole in the pit of your stomach from, <laughs> from the absinthe. But that is a great cocktail of like, this is, that's one I would, you know, I could have a couple of those and be, be feeling pretty good. So, I mean, I had one and I was feeling pretty good. So. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot of new experiences of for me. Yeah. They, the Sazerac brand, the parent company of Buffalo Trace, I finally, after looking for, since we started this podcast, a legit bottle of Buffalo Trace. So I added that. To you know, list. I was talking about the, to, no, to my inventory. Oh, to your inventory. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we talk about the kind of social nature of bourbon. I'm having my 40th birthday blowout here uh, next weekend. And I'm looking at my bourbon collection. I'm like, I want everybody to try all these, you know, like it's not, it's not that I want to like hold on to them forever. Right. I want, is there, obviously I've got the Weller for my birthday, which I'm sure that bottle will be gone soon, but I want people to try the Duke. Like I'm super pumped for the Duke. Uh, and the long branch and, you know, some of the, some of the different ones that I don't think people have tried. I think you're, you, so, I mean, you had we'll like, see. uh, did you have, so I have Eagle rare basil Hayden. Yeah. Eagle rare basil. Well, the basil Hayden's almost gone. <laughs> Somebody's been drinking it in this house, but even like, even, you I, know, the, the old 86, I think would be a good, like, Hey, a good, you know, bottle to share just cause that's such like a, crowd pleaser right so like that's one where you could be like this is the you know go to if you are you know that's a good one to start your night off with well we're talking about a group of friends that you know for the last 20 years usually a handle of beam is what we is how we celebrate (laughs) this is a little little more classy so we're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna test those palettes with something a little better that's (laughs) i don't know hopefully you know, I just got a notification on my phone about more stuff going on in downtown Louisville. I hope that uh, our distillery plans are still a go for next weekend. But if they're not, I'm just going to get drunk. Well, Sorry, Mom. speaking of getting drunk, I think it might be that time Ooh. of the show. All right. So hopefully you uh, this was slickly edited. But uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we can always uh, roll with it. So audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards. Get yourself a 30-day free trial and a free audio book. And, uh, I, you know, I, Gary, I'm a big into the audio books this year. So I, I'm at coming up on 60 total books for the year. And Jesus. more than half of those, I think, are audio books. So this has been a crazy year. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, the book that I recommend this week is Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman. It's about the D- Dallas Cowboys 90s dynasty. If you are into uh, sports books, this is one of the best ones that I've, I've read in a while. And uh, some crazy stories in those 90s Cowboys. And you were a fan of those guys, right? Yeah, you know, and they were, you know, as everyone said, America's team. And uh, they were on TV every week. And I just became a fan. And then when the Browns came back, I became a Browns fan. So I've been haunted ever since. That's right. <laughs> hey, Cowboys and the Browns have won the same, uh, same number of Super Bowls since 1999. So 
<laughs> oh, so we've we've been going on over an hour now. Has your beer gotten warm? It's, or do you drink it's, warm beer? It's I don't okay. Know this one, works. some beers you want like super cold. This beer um, is one that you can eh, like it. I mean, it's better cold, but it's it. I mean, it's it stayed pretty pretty decent. And uh, I was in Derby City. I had to gr- go to a Louisville beer store. If you are in the area, they're awesome. Have an awesome selection and snagged me one of my favorite breweries. Uh, not only in Kentucky, but just period, uh, is against the grain. I don't know if you've, if you've seen their stuff around, uh, Kentucky, but, uh, they, this beer is one I've been wanting to try for a little while. It's called Cellarless Keller. It's a Keller beer. Uh, so it is a, um, oak aged lager. Uh, so, um, Basically, um, they call it a modern classic. It's a tra- traditional lager, cellared using a new technique to achieve the elegant aromas and flavors of toasted oak barrels without the timely oak conditioning process. Instead, we pioneered the use of oak wood treatments in the beer using a proprietary blend of toast and char. Our combination of oak woods are specific to our lager recipe and pinpoint a flavor profile to create a genuinely cellarless Keller beer. It's definitely totally thought this was going to be a Helen Keller beer. Yeah, I guess not. that would be cool. But uh, I'm going to go. I've, and I, I already had one of these, but I'm going to give it a try, and I'm going to tell you my my tasting notes. So it's definitely you can taste like some of that like oaky oakiness, um, not overly oaky. You know, Keller beer is just a good, you know, good decent like kind of middle of the road type of lager. Um, this one comes in at 6%, uh, and you definitely get a lot of that, like, you know, toasted oak flavor. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of a fun, like unique, I love that against, against the grain. I mean, as their name implies, they always are doing something different, always doing, you know, weird kind of unique beers. They have a beer, uh, that they aged in like Pappy Van Winkle bar- barrels. Um, they're, uh, they have, uh, great citra ipa fun brewery if you uh if you can get some against the grain uh and this one the can is awesome the can art it's almost like a um like it kind of looks like a comic strip and uh it has like making fun of like a home brewer it's like guy you know got the home brew set up in his garage and uh you know it says yawn said i love oak cast cellared beer and uh this is a I guess a different way to get, uh, get the same, same effect. So it's, it's different. It's unique. It's got a tiny little bit of like, almost like a sour flavor to it. Is this one that you feel like you could drink 12 of, or is this uh, just to have a few? And enjoy? I could have a few. Um, it's not super heavy. Like I said, it's 6%. So it's, it's got a good, like smooth drinking flavor. Um, it's not going to you know be too crazy on the palate, like, you know, not palate wrecking or anything like that. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a good one. And, and I, I got a couple other against the grain beers. So if you follow me on untapped at MMA McKinney, you'll see some of the other ones that I got. Um, this is a good one though. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised and I, I always am pleasantly surprised, you know, Kentucky's bourbon country and both Lexington and Louisville have, you know, really good kind of underrated breweries. Um, Lexington has a few, I went to over the weekend. I went to Akasha Brewing, 
which makes really good gozes and sour beers. And I also went to um, Monic Beer Co., which has like really good traditional German styles. So uh, they're, you know, really, really cool, uh, cool place for, uh, for breweries at, down in Kentucky. We do things right here. I don't know <laughs> what what goes on up in Ohio, but we we tend to do things. If we do them, we do them correctly. I agree. You know what I I say. You know the. I think that the, the handcrafted nature of things in Kentucky, like I feel like it very it lends itself to people, and you know Kentucky is good. I know Kentucky people hate Tennessee. Um, but Tennessee is, is kind of that similar, uh, you know, cause most of the people live in the backwoods. You got to kind of, you know, make do with, with, uh, with a little less sometimes. And, uh, I think it, it creates like a unique type of, uh, you know, crafted type of culture. I mean, that's, you know, you, that's where, how moonshine came about. That's right. Did you ever watch that show moonshiners? I saw a couple of episodes. I was never like a big fan of it, but there was like some crazy, you know, scenes, of course, that, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, there haven't been that many good, like craft beer or beer shows in general on TV. Um, that's something I think that would be cool. All right. Let's talk about bourbon now. Our bourbon section, as always, brought to you by Beard Octane. Save 10% on all the products there by using code BEERS and BEARDS10. Uh, I'm about a week away from re-upping. But I have, don't tell anybody, David, trimmed my beard down quite a bit. Just, you know, got to let it grow. Sometimes you got to burn the forest out to let the trees grow. See, and you're lucky that, like, you are, you never have to worry about like your beard coming back. Like you might lose the hair on the top of your head, but I don't think you're going to be losing that beard anytime soon. Yeah. You know, at 40 years old, I still have my hairline and I don't really have any bald spots. And so, uh, before I give my review of the week, one, one thing that we talked that we saw the 15 best new bourbons you should be drinking right now. Uh, and I want to quickly go through this because, the very first one was the Michter's 10-year-old, and you and I have both had Michter's, and we're not super fans of it. No. And I think this gets a lot of buzz. This I feel like this is like the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Critics love it, but general people are like, that show's stupid. Yeah. Well. I feel like that's. Yeah. I don't know. Are you into, and, and we, we've talked a lot about, like, Schitt's Creek. What What's your. You yeah, I like that? Schitt's Creek, but I'm, I'm not a. Uh, my wife. Almost on command can fall asleep to the intro music to shit. <laughs> That's me with like, Thirty Rock right now. Yeah, there's been so many nights where just shit's creeps playing in the in the is the background of bedtime. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Mictor's ten year old, which I've not had the ten year old, so I'll, I will I will um, postpone any judgment. But just the Mictor's in general, not so good. Last week we talked about Kentucky Owl and how. It's like this cultish, um, super expensive yeah, $1,000. And this, yeah, and this is on the list, you know. Uh, the the bourbon aged 12 to 17 years, priced at an even cool $1,000, truly a collector's whiskey, sure. We'll probably never have that. 
Next one, never even heard of. Uh, this is a Texas bourbon, Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Hmm. Uh, 21% rye. I feel like we'd like that. Yeah, I would. Um, Distilled in Indiana, though, which is interesting. Yeah. It's probably the, uh, what's the MPS or whatever. So we, we were looking into um, Bullet. And mm-hmm. there's a distillery in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which is right outside of Cincinnati, where they make Seagrams. I don't know if they still make Seagrams. Um, That's gin, right? Yeah, uh, got me some Seagrams gin. Everybody got the cup, but they ain't chipped in. That's how. That's all. All you know, Snoop Dogg <laughs> taught me MGPI. And then when I tried gin and juice for the first time, disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah, MGP is the distillery. So they do, like, private label stuff, and they make, yeah, we're, um, yeah. But anyway, I digress. So it's probably, that's that's probably where it's, where that bourbon is distilled. Extremely limited edition bourbon made by Brown Foreman, um, who, as you know, Woodford Reserve, that, that lineage. King of Kentucky. Um, they only made 125 to 135 barrels. Yeah, so that's going to be... Several barrels ended up being completely lost to the angel share. Uh, if you don't know the angel share, that's what evaporates when the angels get to get drunk. Said so the sample that they got. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's not for me. Uh, <laughs> less than 2,000 bottles will be available I don't know, Rob Report, whoever you are that wrote this article, what planet you live on or what you have access to. But no, I mean, unless we're like a bar, I don't I don't know. The next one, Pinhook Bohemian Bourbon. Uh, Pinhook has been releasing a new vintage uh, whiskey since 2014. It's also ubiquitous Indiana whiskey factory. Uh, but they production shifted to the castle and key, which I think was in, uh, the documentary that we like so much. Yes. Yeah. So that this says it used to be, uh, sourced from MGP, which I've kind of started to, you know, as I learned more and more about bourbon, it's like they produce a lot of different brands that are just labeled under the same, like they have like a handful of different recipes and it's just labeled under different brands. Right. Next up, one I'll co-sign every day, Four Roses, which I, we've sampled on this podcast. Annual limited edition small batch. If you can find it, get it. It's good. The next one is Fresh. Fresh Bourbon Distilling Company is recognized by the Kentucky Senate as being the state's first black-owned distillery last February. Um, I've never seen this, but I'll cool. definitely look for it and try it. Watershed barrel strength bourbon. I like the bottle. 19.3 proof. Never heard it. Old Forester birthday bourbon. I've got a better chance of uh, <laughs> bedding down a Victoria's Secret model than ever finding a bottle of Old Forester birthday bourbon. Well, um, maybe we'll see. Might, we're liquors, talking about that here in a minute. Barrel craft spirits bourbon. I think I'm into like. Oh, we got 15. So, Blade and Bow, 22-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon. I'll be down for that. Mictors we already talked about. So. Yeah. 
All right. So this was about the time that David's mic and computer setup just completely folded on us. Now, when we recorded this, I went ahead and did my bourbon review, but it's the next day. I'm trying to edit this big pile of garbage together. So I am going to do it again. So this week on the Beers and Beers podcast. James E. Pepper, 1776 bourbon. It's 100 proof, distilled in Lexington, Kentucky, which is 20 minutes down the road for me. Um, the reviews have all come in pretty good. This bottle was $27, so not the cheapest, but not the most expensive. Um, last night, actually, I had my wife give it a try. I think it was a little higher proof than she was used to. This is 50% alcohol by volume. So, uh, this is the regular, it's a dark bottle. You can't really see inside. And this is the part that I always love. It's not the original cork pop, but, um, there's been some drink out of this and it's not a wood cork. It's very, I don't know. It's like a, I don't know what this is. But the nose, here, let's give it a pour. Pop it, I don't know why I keep putting the cork back in. The nose is pretty light. It is something that's like, it's not oaky, so I can tell this is a younger bourbon. Uh, it does have hints of vanilla, which I learned there's actually... Um, the chemical in the barrels that gives off the vanilla scent. So I think the more vanilla, the less oak, the younger the bourbon, but that's bro science. I don't, that's just me making deductions. But it's real soft. It's not, it's very like caramel, vanilla, and just a hint of spice. I'm not sure if I can, I'm not trained enough to detect the spice on it, but here we go. So the mid, so the palate is fairly soft for being a hundred proof. It's, you definitely get that like caramel mixed with spice. Uh, the finish is not very, it, it's a short finish. Um, so in turn, it's it, like it's in and out. It's gone uh, pretty quick. So I could see where this would be great for uh, shots if it's your twenty first birthday, like this podcast, or really what, however you want to mix it. Um, this is unfiltered James E. Pepper seventeen seventy six straight bourbon whiskey. Pretty good. Uh, I would put this at $26, probably in something that I would buy again. Um, but I don't know. Leave for you to decide. You, if, if you have tried any of these bourbons or these beers, please get with us. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if our assessment was correct uh, or incorrect. So, yeah, that is uh, my second review. So, I... Mm, the nose is good on that one. I like it. I like the smell of it. 
so yeah that that does it for this week if you've made it through this monstrosity that's been technical difficulties and post editing and all that we love you we appreciate you uh we got something fun coming up this week i don't want to spoil it it will involve our playlist which we didn't get a chance to pick the songs if you have song recommendations hit us up on instagram or facebook or twitter or wherever we may be remember you can follow all of our beer or all of our beers and our bourbons on mmamckinney.com check out david's new podcast on brewery adventures and just as quick as we started we are going to finish here just under the 40 minute mark so it's a quick one this week but thanks everybody for the continued support the continued likes uh the reviews the comments all that good stuff until next week for david mckinney i'm gary thomas signing off beers and beards episode 21